on Jazz FM. This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Let's join Jeff Halley live from Singapore. Jeff, good morning, or rather good afternoon to you. Of course, it's almost the end of your working day. So let's just have a look and see what's happening with China because some blazing results out from them today. Yeah, so the Purchasing Managing Index, the Kaizen Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, which is an indication of uh, manufacturing activity, uh, came in at 11, well, uh, came in at uh, nine-year highs this morning, uh, vastly outperforming expectations. And that follows on a very strong services PMI that came out yesterday from China, uh, which is uh, which is leading uh, the markets to uh, – to, to, to price in a, a much stronger uh, recovery in China much sooner than expected, and that has lifted Asian markets in general. Alongside global equities, which are having, uh, as the Financial Times puts it this morning, a hottest August since 1986. Um, again, we wonder at the disconnect, don't we, between what's actually going on and what equities are telling us. Yes, and if we look back to the global financial crisis, we saw a very similar uh, price action occurring uh, where the, the the real economy that you and I exist in and every day uh, wasn't looking that great at all, yet asset markets uh, kept appreciating uh, wildly into space, not quite to the same extent as we've seen in 2020, but same, same, but different. Uh, and, and this is all being driven uh, by uh, central bank easing around the world, quantitative easing, basically a wall of 0% money slushing around the financial system of the world looking for a home. And a lot of that is moving into equities um, as it does into uh, property, which is another thing that we saw jump after the financial crisis as well. What are you feeling just back to China about a, a V-shaped recovery there? Do you think that's that's a possibility or because, I mean, you know, you look at, I mean, from our side of things, you look at the rest of Asia, it's fairly patchy, isn't it, really, the recovery? But China seems to be standing alone. Yes, and I think part of that is because of the nature of China and that they could deploy the uh, resources, shall we say, and had the, dis- the social discipline to get on top of COVID-19 very, very quickly in a very aggressive way. Uh, that is combined with a population of 1.4 billion people, so they have a huge domestic market, which is sort of like a self-contained universe, a bit like the United States. There's enough consumer demand in that market to be your own market. But certainly what we're seeing now is uh, a really strong uh, recovery by China across uh, both the services and the export-facing economy, uh, and uh, that should be... Uh, well, apart from being good news for the world, uh, that certainly will uh, be good news for Asia, perhaps less so for Europe and the United States. What's your feeling about the latest developments as far as TikTok's concerned? Because uh, that that takes us right into a sort of war of words, doesn't it, between China and and the United States? And we've seen to and fro about it. You know, so what Trump said about it. We've now seen what the Chinese authorities are trying to do with it, and so on. Uh, I mean. It's not one, not something I know myself, but you know it has one hundred million customers in the United States, so you've got to take it quite seriously. There's no purchase price on it as we speak right now, and indeed the boss of TikTok was saying over the weekend, not even sure if he wants to bother selling it. Might just take on the chin whatever Trump's going to do. It, it's boiling up into quite a little contest, this, isn't it? Yes, I mean, there's some strange names in the mix there, too. I mean, we've got Oracle mm. and Walmart and uh, amongst others, uh, along with Microsoft. Uh, there's clearly a, quite a bit of interest in it. But it, the spanner and the work is um, that uh, China is now going to need approval for 
um, companies in China to export AI technology, which, of course, TikTok's completely built on. So even if the deal was agreed, China's government may veto it. So the thing could well be that TikTok just ends up shutting down in the, in the United States and selected other territories and, uh, and you know, takes that on the chin and then looks to grow their business elsewhere uh, in Asia, for example. Do, do you think that's a possibility? I mean, that, that's quite an interesting twist on the story if they were to do that, isn't it? Oh, very much so. Uh, this is all coming back to the sort of the, the to and froing between China and the U.S., uh, over trade relations, it really hasn't degenerated since uh, the um, since the trade agreement was uh, signed. But the, as you can see, there are what I would describe as uh, minor skirmishes constantly in the news, and I think this is yet another minor skirmish uh, on that path uh, until such a time as China and the and the United States learn how to live with each other. Okay. Now we've talked about the first and second largest economies in the world. The third one is Japan, which at the moment is looking for a replacement for Shinzo Abe, who resigned on Friday through ill health and all the rest of it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at from this side of the world, you kind of think it'd be rather a good idea if it were fairly seamless. But it, it's it's actually, uh, uh, from what I can see, the papers are saying this morning, it's between um, his, his right-hand man, Yoshihide Suga, and uh, Shigeru Ishiba. Uh, two of these names who have come forward may not mean a lot to our listeners, but we are looking at some fairly serious players as far as the LDP is concerned. Yeah, there's definitely a sense of uh, technocrat development going on, shall we say. Um, I mean, it looks like uh, the LDP said they're not going to have a long, drawn-out election process. Uh, I would believe that Abe has actually telegraphed that he intended uh, to step down uh, to insiders within the LDP uh, quite some time ago, uh, and yeah. thus all these pieces have been moved into place. I don't think, uh, no matter who the successor is, it will change markedly the trajectory for Japan with regards to stimulus, with regards to monetary fiscal policy uh, and its relations with uh, the rest of Asia and particularly with China. It will be more of a steady-as-she-goes uh, transition. Yeah. Do, 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 I mean, precisely, do, do you think over the years, and he's been there a long time, he had been there a long time, Abe did, did a good job as far as Japan's concerned because he had, had a big thing to do, didn't he? He'd got to sort of revive it from its suspended animation for a couple of decades, really, and also re- reduce bureaucracy and all those things that have, that have held it back and also cope with the prospect of an aging population. I mean, it's quite serious economic headwinds I think he had to cope with. Yeah, I think uh, he'll look back and uh, probably say unfinished business. There's still no inflation in Japan after 30 years. Unconventional uh, monetary policy has managed to temporarily lift the economy, but there's no signs that Japan itself is, is, is creating uh, a an escape velocity of its own making uh, with regards to inflation, etc. There still remains governance challenges. And as you said, the demographic challenge for Japan, which has the world's oldest or fastest ageing population, just can't be underestimated. This will also be an issue that confronts uh, much of Asia over the next 20 years, including China, South Korea and, and Singapore. What do you feel finally, Jeff, about Warren Buffett taking uh, a big bet on Japan and investing in its five leading trading houses? What does that because normally, as I understand it, he tends to or has tended to invest in the United States, isn't he? Well, he does spread this money around. He just doesn't make a lot of noise about it. And I think um, what he does like is value. And, and these companies were all cheap. 
um, and what we're seeing there is um, him actually making a commodity play. I think what he's doing there is, A, he's hedging himself by being invested in Japan and not the United States. But also he's putting some money on a global recovery in 2021. If the economy keeps recovering in 2021, commodity usage will increase and these companies all stand to benefit. So this is a recovery play and a hedging play. And so I think it's actually a very clever trade. Jeff Halley, thank you very much indeed. Lovely to talk to you. Jeff Halley there, Senior Marks Analyst at Oanda Asia Pacific, coming live from Singapore. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.